Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had really just an incredible conversation with my friend and colleague, Dr. Renu Mansukani. Renu is an obesity medicine physician. She's located in the DC area. I met her at the Obesity Week conference. I immediately loved her and just loved her vibe and her energy. And so I was like, you have to be on my podcast. So today we talked about obesity and overweight as a medical condition. And we talked about, so if you if you have up until this point thought of obesity or overweight as a personality flaw or, a, you know, an intrinsic characteristic of who you are or, you know, part of your identity, we talk about that because when, when one says that obesity is a disease, it's a medical condition, sometimes people go, whoa, 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 no, it's not. And, and there's a lot of bias against obesity and overweight in our society, which is not only from our general culture and media, you know, everyday people, but also from coming from medical doctors. So we talk about this issue and why it's important to think of obesity as a medical condition, uh, just like you would any other medical con condition, because the approach shifts. And so we talk about that. We talk about what contributes, what causes obesity and contributes to it. And it's a multifactorial uh, medical condition. And so we talk about that, we talk about the approaches that are more holistic and helpful, uh, whether it's Dr. Renu's approach or my approach, which are very similar. I mean, she's a medical doctor, I'm a nutritionist, but the philosophy, the underlying philosophy is to take a very holistic approach. So we talk a little bit about that. And also we talk about obesity medications, her perspective on that and how, how the proper way to use these medications and the very improper way that sometimes they're being used currently that is very worrisome. So all of that and more, I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode. Enjoy. Hello, Renu. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. No, happy to be here. This is fun. Yes, totally fun. And you and I met at the Obesity Week conference in mm -hmm. San Diego in uh, a couple months ago. And That's uh, correct. you were the, you, I, I really am like just meeting you was worth being there, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I could say same here, really. Because I mean, again, it's anyway, it's just really neat to meet dynamic women who are so passionate about what they do. So that's one of the best parts of going to a conference. So yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And I love your approach. So I wanted to start with, we will talk about, you know, your approach and sure. obesity medications and all of that stuff. But I wanted to start with, so you are an obesity obesity medicine physician. Correct. And what made you go into this particular aspect of medicine? It's a really good question because, frankly, when I went into it, this is sort of, frankly, back in the day, um, I was in my endocrine, so I'm an endocrinologist, right? That's what you would say. That was my specialty within medicine. And, you know, okay. it's funny because I think even today in obesity medicine, there's numerous medical specialties that kind of claim that subspecialty as a field, but 
And frankly, the more the merrier. I mean, we need many people to be working in this area. But what's funny is I think it kind of makes the most sense for an endocrinologist. I'm a hormone person, right? I'm a hormone specialist. And so I was lucky enough, again, back in the day before this even really was a field, you know, 20 some odd years ago, in my general endocrine training, which was in New York, you know, when you're in endocrine training, you go through... um, rotations, right? You know, you, you, in any, like in any medicine training, like you, you, know, you learn different aspects of the field. And so I was just lucky enough that there, that there was a mentor, uh, kind of pioneer in the field. Uh, I don't know if I can say the name or not, but anyway, whatever, Lou Aroni, you know, is a lo- yes. lovely man and anyway, a really nationally well-known person who was in New York. And I happened to do literally like a three week rotation with him. You know, you just go into his office, you see patients with him, you learn what he does. And it just opened my eyes to the fact that this is, a, there's a field out, like this is a specialty of medicine and it sort of, again, even back then hit me like, this needs to be done, you know, type yeah. thing. This is like new and not new. I mean, it needs to be a focus within a field, if that makes sense, right? Like we need to have people who just do this. And he pretty much was a solo. I mean, he was like one of like a handful, literally a handful of people in the entire country doing this at the time and realizing that we need to treat people with obesity or with weight issues as having a medical problem unto itself. That was like the pioneering, like the amazing thing that he and a few small cohort of people realized. This is not a matter of willpower or people just eating badly or something. This is a disease, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, and again, it's a hormonal disease, right? It's a biologic disease. There's there's multiple signaling things, right, that impact, that cause this problem to happen for some people and not others. So once, anyway, so that's, I'm getting often a long tangent, but... But that's important, and I want to yeah. ask you about that after, so... Sure, yeah. sure. Anyway, so the point is, so that opened my eyes that this field existed. So then I go off, you know, I finish fellowship, whatever, you know, and funnily enough, my main, though, training, if you will, was I was supposed to be a thyroid cancer doctor, because, you know, thyroid cancer is also a little field of endocrine, and I, you know, my men, my main mentor was you know, that and whatever, and so I go mm-hmm. into the world, you know, whenever I start my, you know, I join an endocrine practice... And then I realized, like, just talk, and, and frankly, it's hard to be a thyroid cancer doctor when you're doctor when you're not in academics. You know, I was in, like in a private practice setting and um, neither here nor there. So I, you know, I'm seeing all sorts of patients, you know, different, different people and, and so forth, but specifically, frankly, more often with my diabetics, right, which is a huge part of endocrinology. I found that, you know, I'd talk to people because I've always, I mean, who doesn't love food? Like, I love food. I'm... <laughs> You know, I mean, but I've also had my own personal struggles with what to eat, what was good for me to eat versus what I wanted to eat, et cetera, because I also have Crohn's disease, you know, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. And so I've always had to kind of restrict my eating in strange ways because of that over my Mm -hmm. life. And so I could relate to that concept. And so I'm talking to my diabetics and I said, would say like, hey, has anybody ever advised you on the food piece of your diabetes management. And they'd say, well, you know, my internist just tells me to lose weight and they don't tell me how or whatever. Mm, or they just wow. you know, say, go, go run a mile or whatever. And it's like, <sighs> not that it's so, I mean, simplistic to say that. And so just not understanding of what the problem is, right? For people. Yeah. So I started doing some of that based on what I'd learned um, from Dr. Aroni, you know, in my practice, I started counseling people on nutrition and, and just, you know, the medical aspects of weight issues. And, but it just wasn't feasible, honestly. I wasn't practical in a crazy, busy endocrine practice where I had to see like six patients an hour. Like there was no time for it really, right? Because so much of it is counseling. So I started realizing that maybe, so I was practicing gel endo, but I realized that this was a thing. Like maybe I wanted to kind of do this more. And so again, life happens. You know, I had a couple kids, you know, I went part-time, I took some time off, I did. But when I took the time off, interestingly from, from practice, 
I knew that this, again, in the back of my mind, that this was a field I really was interested in wanted to do. So I actually stopped. I wasn't doing clinical medicine for a while, but I actually went to work for a nonprofit. And because I happen to live in the Washington, D.C. area, I did obesity, childhood obesity prevention policy work. Like I did, I kind of went into that route, like the policy aspect of the field. Yes. More so because it was easy to do, given it, and I've always, I'm a DC junkie, right? I live here, you know, sort of thing. And so, you know, it was the time of Michelle Obama and the Let's Move campaign and all that. Uh-huh. I remember that way back in the day. So I was like, this is neat. Like, this is something that, you know, I can have an impact in and it's fun. And the policy aspect was interesting. I used to write articles for parents on kids' nutrition and that sort of thing. It was really neat. Uh-huh. I worked for this organization. But then when I was ready to go back to general medicine, you know, to practice medicine again and see patients, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Like, this is what I need to be doing. Like, this is a niche field that I enjoy, that I have training in, that I think is an unmet need. Mm-hmm. And so when I went back, I called that former mentor, Dr. Aroni, you know, which had been for several years prior and said, hey, I need to find somebody that's like you, but in my local area, in the Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. area. And he got me connected with my, again you know, another mentor, basically, Dr. Arthur Frank, who unfortunately has passed on in my local area. And that we started working with Arthur and kind of the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like you had that sprinkle of, you know, that introduction to it when mm-hmm. you were doing your rounds. And right, then right. it was this sort of long circuitous. Correct. Reason. It was like, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, how yeah. life works out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Isn't it? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I have a couple of questions. One, I wanted to talk about the obesity as a disease concept. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. I think for some people that feels like relief. Like if someone mm-hmm. has obesity, they yes. go, whoa, yes. you mean because there's, you can say someone is obese or someone Correct. has obesity. Correct. And, and when you say, and I think even I hear medical doctors doing it, I hear nutritionists doing Correct. it, I hear it all the time, people saying, well, if you have diabetes or you have metabolic syndrome or you are mm-hmm. obese, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, 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 back, well, back up. Exactly. Why, why are you, you are obese, like as if it's Correct. who you are. It's not who you are. It's That's exactly a condition. Right. It's a medical condition. So mm-hmm. I think it's a relief to hear it that way. Yes, uh, if, yes. You know, or even I also use the term have overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yes. if that's correct or not, correct. but I, I often say that because I feel it's the same way because unfortunately our society has, like you said, taught us that, you know, you get diabetes, but you, obesity is something that you created your, on your correct. own, that's exactly your, right. you know, yep. deliberately to punish yourself or something, right? And we know this isn't true. So I, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that so sure. that people understand that it's, when we say it's an, a, a disease, it's it's mm-hmm. actually an improvement upon the current culture. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and so again, you obviously, we clearly speak the same language. That's exactly right. Like for so many years, there's been this bias that, and and, and again, making the, like that's, it's a intrinsic characteristic of the person. Right. And I, and how I frame it for people, I'm like, look, it's unfortunate because yes, this is a disease hundred percent. This is that we can, you know, give lectures on the biological basis of this medical problem you know, there are 20 some odd signaling proteins or hormones that regulate this extremely complex system of eating and fullness and metabolism and what your body does with calories and that sort of thing. So we know it's a disease for sure. But unfortunately, it's a disease that has a visible piece to it, right? Like you can see that someone has it, unlike diabetes 
or even frankly cancer or any other chronic illness you might rheumatoid arthritis sometimes is not visible you know maybe that maybe maybe it is sometimes but that's the problem right because it's always been this visible problem people yes. associate it with the what a person looks like and so mm-hmm. it is a characteristic of the person instead of something they have and it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. And so I think you're right. I, I do think it's extremely. It's we're, it's like this. We're at this cutting edge of finally. But even people with the problem, it's so hard for them to separate it from themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, yeah. it's it becomes their identity. It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. You know, you would never say to somebody with cancer, "You're cancer." You know. Yeah. But you say to somebody, "You're overweight." You're overweight. You're right. Like that's yeah. crazy, right? Like it doesn't define them. It shouldn't define them. But unfortunately. Right. It has, and it does. And so if we, I, so again, it's extremely important, in my opinion, to separate it out. Maybe people know this is just something you happen to have. Yes, maybe it's something you have to treat and deal with, but it's not who you are, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question yeah. or not. But, yeah, you know. no, I, uh, that's, I really wanted to highlight that for people. Yeah. It's not a personality flaw. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So you mentioned that when you were uh, working with people, mostly with type 2 diabetes and mm-hmm, the endocrinology mm-hmm. practice, that the most of their doctors were saying, their primary doctors were saying, hey, you know, just eat less food or right, right, exercise exactly. more or whatever. Sure. And, and you said something that I caught on, which was they don't understand the full problem, the full mm-hmm. complexity of the problem. Correct. What is what is the full complexity of the problem in terms of mm-hmm. obesity, diabetes, which are a lot of uh, these diseases are, you know, there's a genetic component. Correct. There's a lifestyle component. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the environmental influence. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many different factors here. There's trauma, history of yeah, trauma, 100%. like so yes. much. Yeah. So what would you just, if you could relatively briefly, I know that it's right. very complex, but sure. when you say, you know, it's not the food or the fitness, because most people would mm-hmm. say, Oh no, it's the food and fitness. That's that's mm-hmm. what they need to solve to fix this problem. Right. How would you put that in a different way from your perspective? Oh boy. Um hmm. like what is the problem? Right. I guess I think the problem is again, it's it's a multifactorial problem. So again, that has all the components that you just described, right? There's a certainly a genetic component, a biological component a lifestyle component, a psychological component, and an environmental component. And, you know, so it all goes together. But I think, again, how I frame it for folks is that, but each person, it's like a different perfect storm. Maybe that's the best way to put it, right? Okay. Because like, in which is why even when I'm treating people, I'm like, look, no two patients of mine are being treated the same way. I don't, you know, whatever I offer as advice or treatment or whatever for somebody in the, with, you know, with this issue, it's going to be no two patients are doing the same thing to help them because in each person's circumstance, it was just a different scenario. You know, in one person's case, yes. And very commonly, unfortunately, it may be that they had a, you know, trauma happen at some point in their lifetime that pro- frankly probably triggered, triggered both a biological and psychological response, physical and mental response, right? Perhaps part of that response might've been becoming more of an emotional eater or a binge eater. So that's relevant to some degree, but there's also no question that we know that trauma causes physical, literal physical hormonal changes in your body that may make it easier also for them to gain weight, right? That's one example. But then maybe, you know, even if they've dealt with some of the trauma and here we are many years later, you know, they also perhaps are a busy you know, working mom, and they don't have time to, or, or don't have the wherewithal or even inclination or whatever, you know, to 
plan meals, you know, which is fine. I mean, again, they just have this lifestyle that they have, but again, their lifestyle has not lent itself to easily eat well or move or deal with their kids or get therapy to deal with their trauma. I mean, you know, like, like there's so many things that can go into a single person's story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, unfortunately, I can't even, it's it's difficult to define because it isn't definitive in one person. People will come in. Here's a good example. People come in right to my office and I'll say, look, I know in, in a research lab setting, there's 20 hormones that are impacting this problem, which is where the problem always starts, right? It starts with the biology. All that other stuff we just talked about is layered on top, but I will do blood work on you. And maybe I can test you for maybe five, you know, five of this, of the small set of hormones. And, you know, I can test you for, for example, insulin and testosterone and thyroid. I mean, there's not ones that people have heard of and are familiar with, but it's very unlikely I'm going to have a smoking gun. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, it's hormone number 15 and here's your solution. <laughs> um, it's not right. that straightforward. It's just not. And so when people come in, I say, look, you know, we'll do our best to identify. Yes, there are some more obviously identifiable medical things. You know, some people have high insulin and metabolic syndrome, for example. Some people have diabetes. Okay, those are things you can actually hang your hat on. Some people are on medications that can cause weight gain, you know, or contribute to weight gain. But in the end, you have to kind of take, I feel like my role is to take a look at the person's whole life and say, okay, these are the things I think that are contributing to the problem in general, right? Like, and sometimes it may be your sleep, you know, maybe that, what, what do we need to target to make you feel globally better first? And that usually is sort of like chipping away and that, and, and frankly, weight loss or treating the obesity will happen, but you have to deal with the big picture first. You know, right. So there, and, and again, it's so hard to explain to people, but it's not a one, one size fits all thing. It's not a right. straightforward thing with an identifiable thing. Just different people have different factors that again, the perfect storm was created and here we are. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting because I would imagine that if someone was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would take a global, well, I don't know, maybe all doctors don't do this, but I, I mm-hmm. think like a an integrative doctor or a doctor who has a practice like you do would look at Crohn's and say, okay, well, there's a psychological element to this. There's a genetic, there's a biological, you know, there's maybe some triggers and stuff. So I think this approach to obesity should be the approach to any medical condition. 100%. That it's unfortunately, you know, this sort of perfect storm that's occurring. So, and I, I do think people understand that. I think that people, un- what you described is maybe a newer concept mm-hmm. for some people, but, I, but sure. I think we can understand that, that we can look at our lives and we can say, yeah, like I did have that thing going on, you know, when I was a child, I did have mm-hmm. my mom st- always struggled with her weight. Right. I did have that um, period of time in college when I wasn't taking care of myself, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, like we can look at that and say that that makes a lot of sense that it's a multifactorial, as you said, Correct. it's a multifactorial. Yes. So let's not come at it with, oh, honey, you just need to eat less. Mm-hmm. That's what your problem is. It's exactly. like, oh, my gosh. I mean, anybody who has overweight yeah. or obesity and I had my period mm-hmm. of, of having overweight. It's the last thing you want to hear is like, of course. oh, really? 
I have to watch right. my diet? I, I never considered that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? You know, tell me something. I, yeah, exactly. No, totally. It's like, if I have a dollar uh, for every time someone told me to eat I less know, and move more. Right? So yeah. that's like such a, a terrible approach. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when the average person goes into their primary care physician, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that you probably know a lot more about these statistics than I do, but there's that stigma that's yeah, amongst medical doctor. This is not correct. your Instagram lady's yes. um, attitude. It is in the medical system. Oh, you, it's you enter terrible. It. Yeah. And that's, that's making the situation worse, I'm sure. Much worse. And that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves, actually, is because, again, these are supposedly my peers, right? These are other physicians, right? And yeah. I blame, I mean, I blame a number of things. I blame, frankly, just you know, doctors are human too. And so they have mm-hmm. biases that a lot of society has, unfortunately, right? Weight bias right. and all that stuff. So there it's intrinsic in them as well. I blame lack of training in medical schools, you know, which uh-huh. just to this day is lacking Ugh. in terms of courses about obesity. It's, it's either zero to like, they get maybe, I mean, maybe if people are lucky, they get like an hour, one hour lecture in four years of medical school or something on this tough topic or whatever. Wow. So again, we're chipping away slowly. I think the powers mm-hmm. that be are, are chipping away slowly, but I'll never forget. I mean, I gave a lecture, I used to guest lecture in, you know, medical school, first medical students, which I was happy to do, right, to give them this information. Yeah. And I'll still never forget, I gave a lecture at a very, frankly, a very prestigious medical institution. And, you know, I give this whole thing on the biology of obesity and the pathophysiology of obesity and all the hormones and everything that's involved and whatever. And literally, at the end of the lecture, a, a medical student raises her hand and she said, you mean it's not their fault? And I literally was about to pass out. I was like, I cannot believe I just gave this whole talk on the science of this problem. And she still has such an intrinsic bias that she doesn't get it. Wow. What do you do? You know, it's so hard. It's so, so hard. Yeah. So anyway, so to this, I mean, so yeah, so I deal with a lot of that. I deal with even just my own practice, you know, the patients, I've, I've heard all the stories. Mm-hmm. From all the terrible ways that people have been treated. And so I try to, yeah. a big thing that I actually do for my patients is refer them to like-minded people, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, even in mm-hmm. every specialty, right? If they need, you know, because I've sort of gathered names and I know my other peers or my patients who are, again, very sensitive population have said, look, I met an amazing, I don't know, you name it, dentist, dermatologist, rheumatologist, whatever, any mm-hmm. field that really got me and didn't see me only as a overweight person you know? Yeah. And that was so like, so appreciated by me. And they actually saw me for the medical problem that I had or whatever I was there for right. sort of thing. And so, okay, I'll say, okay, that person goes on my list, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I know. mean, I've kind of done yeah. that in my local area too, around, yeah. um, you know, gynecologists who are yes. going to, you know, just have a different mm-hmm. perspective. So that's, mm-hmm. I love that. That's, that's brilliant. I mean, you could yeah. really expand that out to not just medical to other area like oh, yeah. a spa. You, know, you need it. physical therapy right exactly i mean i have everybody yeah anybody i can list hairdresser i have a huge spread. i know right <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly so yeah. so this leads me to now i would love sure. to hear about how you know i think everybody now is like okay so we know how it's being done improperly sure. how should it be done properly and what are you doing in your practice how do you approach it well, I think that's, that's just, how do I approach your saying just the treatment of obesity, treatment. you know, you have, okay. you have patients okay. coming to you and they've sure. been traumatized by this yes. weight bias that's sure. out there and right. internalized it themselves. They might be looking for this, okay, oh, like you said, like, oh, you know, just test my insulin and then we're going right. to figure this yes. out right with this one thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know your approach is not like, oh, you know, come and see me and then 
come and see me in six months. Like you right, really, correct. and you take a very holistic perspective. So I just wanted to hear more about that. Sure, sure. Honestly, the most important thing I do, frankly, is just listen. You know, mm. I just, I, I have, I take the time to listen to people's story, you know, and, and, in, and it's funny and people joke with me, but like, you know, my history for my initial intake is about an hour and a half. And I, you know, I send people this history form to fill out, you know, like just like you, you know, you go to the doctor, you fill out forms. My medical history form is 15 pages long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of people are a little overwhelmed, overwhelmed by it, but I use that as a, as a sounding or as a jump off point because it covers everything in your life, you know, from what do you like to eat to what's your sleep like to, of course, your usual, what, are, what medications are you on and what pro- medical problems do you have? And da, da. But I use that as a, as a jump off point to, again, get the person's whole story based on what, you know, we just talked about all the different aspects of this from the medical to the psychological to whatever. And then I sort of sit down and say, okay, again, as the person who can take the outside look, okay, what do we, again, what do we want to focus on in each arena? So like, you know, so example, so say, if obviously they have high insulin stuff. So that might be something that we might say, okay, you have insulin resistance, you have metabolic syndrome, maybe there is a weight management medication or obesity medication that might help target that underlying biology, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as an aside, you don't necessarily have to have an abnormal insulin or anything obviously abnormal in blood work to still use those medications, right? But Mm -hmm. sometimes there's an obvious target. So that's one part of our approach we might take. As far as lifestyle stuff, I would say, or, you know, diet or whatever, I, I tell people, look, I'm a obesity medicine doctor. I'm not a weight manager. I'm not a diet doctor, if that makes sense. Right, right. And because I think there's many healthy ways to eat, you mm-hmm. know, and so I like, I'm very practical. Let's work within your lifestyle. Again, do you like to cook? Do you hate to cook? Both are fine. Do you get takeout? You know what? That's fine too. But let's like, maybe we make some small tweaks around general nutrition that might help you feel better, but they're deliberately small tweaks because I get that people are busy and have crazy lives and me telling them to turn their life upside down and do some crazy wacko diet for a short period of time isn't going to accomplish anything in the long term, right? So if if it's a small, sustainable change, maybe they're not getting enough protein, maybe, you know, whatever it is, like we can can even talk about general. So that's the, maybe the food piece I would say. And the psychological piece again, so I'm frankly a supportive, I would say listener and that sort of thing. I've had some training and motivational interviewing and whatever, but Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not a therapist, you know, and I'm pretty open about that, you know, although I am frankly, probably one of the few physicians that's taken as much time with my, you know, my patients, if they compare me to their other doctors and whatever, you know, they're like, wow, like (laughs) she heard me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that goes a long way, certainly. But I definitely have patients who all say, look, you know, if we I, together identify, look, you really do have a true binge eating problem or whatever, you know, I may refer them out, you know, to yeah. like-minded psychologists, et cetera, to say, look, you know, here's a person that specializes in this. They could really, as part of your global treatment plan, again, mm-hmm. when you're ready, you don't have to do all these things at once, but maybe you think about seeing somebody to address that. Or obviously if there's more obvious things, you know, I do do a little bit of mental health. I would say I do basic anxiety, depression treatment and that sort of thing, but certainly I'm pretty clear about what I know what my limits are. Anyway, so yeah, so I'll refer them out or, or whatever, but we will address the psychological piece as well as part of their whole picture. And then the moving piece, I would say is, you know, how do you like to move? Do you hate moving? Do you hate, you know, I don't, again, I don't even like the word exercise. In what order you're ready to do things in, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And in what small pieces, you know? And so I basically, I think when I meet with, so I meet, they don't have that initial intake. We have a second appointment where we go over their labs and kind of, again, let's what, again, looking at all this whole picture of their life, what's some, like, let's make the small initial treatment plan. What is that going to look like? You know, again, is it maybe using a medication? Is it tweaking some things in those different arenas and get started? But again, we're going to be meeting pretty frequently over the next year 
you know, to tweak things as they go. You know, do you have a trip coming up? Is your family coming in? Does that trigger, you know, is, are you, is something happening that's triggering for you? Is work terrible right now? Like we just, you know, and, and tweak things as we go to, again, with the ultimate goal, frankly, of them just feeling better. Yeah. You know, and again, the, the the weight is kind of a byproduct of everything else. Right. Yeah, that's because I was going to ask yeah. you, because uh, you said, you know, you're not a diet doctor, not mm-hmm. a weight loss doctor. You Correct. are a um, obesity right. medicine physician. So, you know, someone could come and work with you and actually, well, this is more of a question, you know. Sure. Does it happen that people come and work with you and they really mm-hmm. don't lose a lot of weight, but mm-hmm. they improve mm-hmm. their health? Yes. They, like you said, they feel better. Correct. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because that's you know, and again, when you're in this field, you will get asked, right? And that you know, I do an initial uh-huh. consult, you know, and when they're deciding whether to work with me or not, and they'll say, "Well, what are your results?" Right. And I'll be like, you know, and I'll be like, "Well, honestly, the way I practice, I don't really have, I don't have concrete, measurable results in the way a study might. Like, oh, you know, we did this intervention, and you know, people lost X number of pounds, and that means it worked. You know, yes. I don't do that at all, right?" And so I tell people, look, you know, if, if you want the, and I know what they're after, but I kind of you know, deliberately kind of give them a hard time sometimes, you know, I'll be like, well, you know, the, how much weight do people lose? And I'm like, well, you know what, frankly, you know, at the end of a year, perhaps of working with me, I have people who've lost, you know, I don't know, 60 pounds, but I've also had people who've lost five, yeah. you know? Um, but I'll, but I always give the story. I'm like, yeah, but the people who maybe have lost only five, you know, cause again, I sort of, I have an annual kind of model to my practice. Right. And uh-huh. so they'll, they'll say, well, do you want to re-up or continue seeing me or whatever? Majority of them still do, even yeah. if they've only lost five pounds. Why would they? Why would they? That's what they came in for. But they'll be like, I feel so much better. Right. I right. feel so much better because yeah. you helped me identify that I needed to do this, or I was having chronic back pain, which none of my other doctors, and again, I'm not a back specialist, but like I helped them identify the things that were really making them feel so terrible and maybe got them to the right person to help right. treat that, even if I couldn't treat it directly. And yeah. by, and, and again, dressing different small arenas in their life, they're like, oh my God, like even if yeah. the weight wasn't the, my, maybe I've came in with that primary goal, but I feel so much better that, you know, it was worth it, sort of, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Like, and then, and then the weight will come. It'll come if necessary, if they wanted to or not. Maybe you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I always you know? say weight loss is a byproduct of improved health. Yeah, you know, 100%. that's I, I yeah. say that, and I also have a long intake as well because I want to hear. I want to know if someone's a right fit for us. Uh, you know, for the what we provide, maybe they need something sure. else. But I always make that very clear with people. You know, we don't guarantee uh, you're going to exactly. lose X number of pounds. We we can though guarantee that if you follow our recommendations, you will feel better. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you're mm-hmm. going to feel different. Right. So that's, yeah. I think that's really important. Again, moving the focus away from, like if somebody has rheumatoid arthritis, like you mentioned, sure. right? They're not going to the doctor saying, you know, are you going to cure me? Right. They're saying, I want to feel better. And so, Correct. yes, you know, we can do these things and hopefully mm-hmm. the doc- rheumatologist is taking a, a, a holistic approach and helping them right. with their diet and stuff. But, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they should see improvement, not just from a medication, mm-hmm. but from this holistic approach. Correct. Sleep is important for autoimmune treatment as well. You know, right. Stress 100%. management is, you know, all of this. So that really, you know, obesity medicine just, just slide right in there with all of the other medical conditions that ideally physicians are taking a, 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 either they themselves are taking a holistic approach or they're referring out, like Correct. you said, to, you know, different Correct. people. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So on that note though, mm-hmm. I just want to, and we'll wind down with this, but I know it's maybe not the best way to end, but <laughs> sure. uh-huh. I okay. wanted to ask a little bit about the medications because people are curious about that. 
yeah. setting aside hormonal treatment, someone has insulin resistance, mm-hmm. you know, there may be certain medications you would give sure. specifically for that. But for, I guess, weight loss, I mean, would someone take something like Wegovy, mm-hmm. which is a actually a, it's a medication for type 2 diabetes correct. that has been approved for obesity treatment, correct? correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, would somebody take that just to feel better or specifically because they want to lose weight? That's a really good question. They would take it because they want to lose weight. I mean, again, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're if you're using it in the correct manner as it is, you know, studied and FDA approved, you know, you take it if you qualify for it, I should say, mm-hmm. if you have an and I I hate using BMI, but this is the way they I, I don't believe in BMI actually, but this is the way mm-hmm. these things are written. So if you have a BMI of 27 and a condition like diabetes or high cholesterol or something that goes along with being overweight, or that can go along with being overweight, you qualify for it. Or if you have a BMI over 30, right? And okay. so, yes, any anyone who meets the, the, those simple criteria, yes, is a candidate, frankly, okay. for Adobe. Or, or frankly, one of the other six some odd FDA approved weight management medications. I mean, there's many out there. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, this particular class, you know, of the so-called GLP-1s, has just gotten been in the press a lot lately because it's true mm-hmm. that statistically in their studies, not everybody in the study, this is what's important because you only get the headline of the study, right? Like, but yes, yeah. a significant pe- portion of people in the study lost a lot of weight, like more, you know, almost, you know, depending on how you, you know, 10 or 10% or more of their body weight, you they uh-huh. could lose, you know, potential, which is more than some of the other meds in the past have been able to uh-huh. show. So, uh-huh. yeah. and then, okay. So, and another one that's in the press right now is Mount Jaro. Correct. Yes. We, we, we're not 100% sure about the, about the pronunciation, but we believe uh-huh. something's yes, correct. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that is a combination of the GLP-1 receptor agonist plus mm-hmm. the GIP receptor correct. agonist. Receptor right. agonist. Correct. correct. And most people listening probably don't care about those details, but some, some right. people might. And that is not approved for weight loss currently, is that correct? Not yet. Correct. Okay. It's literally sitting at the FDA as we speak, um, mm-hmm. as of today, January, you know, 2023. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So yes, it is pending approval for weight management. I mean, again, okay. it, it, of course, you know, these things hit the hit the press rather quickly. It is approved for diabetes use, but of course, the headlines that came out when the when the drug was approved, you know, some six eight months ago, was but look at the weight loss that people had in the studies, and so clearly, right. like they're gonna just like frankly. You know, Wegovy, Ozempic is the same drug as Wegovy. Ozempic is the diabetes version. Wegovy right. is the weight loss version in a slightly different dosing. I don't mm-hmm. know if the dosing will change here, but it's going to be it's going to be the same concept. There will be mm-hmm. a version that will be for diabetes and a version that will be for weight loss, but it's literally the same drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people clearly are jumping on the bandwagon already. They're like, well, why should I wait for the FDA approval? It's we know it's going to work, and so let's right. do it now. But it's been a little bit of a frenzy, unfortunately. Uh huh. Now tell me about that frenzy, because I think Mm -hmm. this relates to the whole, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. You even mentioned earlier before we started Mm -hmm. recording that it's becoming, some of these drugs are becoming popular in Hollywood that are for people who may not. um, uh, Because I was wondering, I think the reason that I asked you about it originally was I've had a couple of clients working mm-hmm. with us who are prescribed these medications, not from an obesity medicine physician, but from their primary care physician. And I was wondering right. if right. that's okay. I mean, you could go to your primary care for your thyroid management 
or right. your uh, sure. you know diabetes management, right? You can get medications from them, but it just seems to me that it, I, if if I were in that situation, I would want to go to someone who specializes in Correct. obesity management. Right, right. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean again, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm pretty biased, obviously, right? Because this is what I do, but like that would be the ideal, right? And, and sort of, and and this is this is going to sound terrible, but like some people may say, well, a primary care physician may not manage their thyroid, uh, their thyroid as well as an endocrinologist might, right? It's right. sort of the same sort of thing, right? And there's plenty of amazing primary care people out there who are perfectly qualified to do this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I think it might be hard to tell unless, and maybe you have a really good close relationship, hopefully with your primary care to figure out like, how well do they know these meds? How familiar are they with how to prescribe them? And maybe, and frankly, let's just be practical. A lot of people don't have an obesity medicine physician in their town or in their state right. for that matter. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, although with virtual medicine, that's getting somewhat better, you know, but they may literally have nobody else. And so if the choice is nobody or somebody who's kind of qualified, what yeah. are you going to do? Right. Sort of right. Thing. But yes, I think in the, I think what I worry about in terms of the Hollywood kind of hijacking of this, of this sort of thing is, you know, these meds are getting into the public eye, like, Hey, this is what I take to lose my 10 pounds for my event that's coming up or something. Oh. And that is what makes me nervous because again, these are, they are good, safe meds but they still need to, be, need to be handled and discussed and pros and cons and side effects. And there are some very rare, but potentially very serious side effects. And so you really yes. have to do it in the hands, yes, ideally in my world, of somebody who knows what they're talking about, et cetera. And then my bigger worry, and this is really, this literally happened in a couple of months ago or weeks ago to me. Somebody texted me a picture from a local mall, like in my local area, that had a sign, like a Kia, you know, it was like, I, I don't know what the store was. They were out, outside of it. it must've been sort of, a, I presume it was some sort of Medi-spa type thing perhaps, uh-huh, but in a mall, uh-huh. like in a shopping mall. And there's a kiosk outside and they texted me a picture and the picture said, come on in, we have Ozempic, come in and get your weight loss shot. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh my God. Like that it, on so many levels, that is so upsetting, right? Because A, who's in there? What kind of physician? And maybe it's not your physician. I don't even know. Like, who knows, right? right? Because people maybe don't understand that these are prescription medications that should be prescribed by a physician. So who knows if somebody just slapped an Ozempic label on God knows what and is giving it to people. Like, that's the Uh, worst case scenario, counterfeit. I mean, God, this is real, though. This is pretend very, like, not out of the realm of possibility. And then two, if it is a physician, are they really just going to give it to anybody who walks in off the street without doing a full medical evaluation and talk you know what I mean like yeah so it really that's what the scariest part to me is like you know kind of and then what in the worst part for my field right because we've spent so many years in my field trying to make this a legitimate practice of medicine in a Mm -hmm. medical specialty that is it for a disease that needs to be you know professionally treated versus like random people who are like oh do this magic weight loss cure do you know what I mean so that's the problem so we've spent so many years trying to legitimize that and then here we are people are kind of just frankly, for monetary benefit, are like, ooh, here's a weight loss thing. Let's just get jump on the bandwagon and make some money off of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's frightening. It's truly frightening, actually. So it's actually going back to that bias and taking mm-hmm. advantage of that. Yes, The 100%. idea that, you know, people now, I tell you, I mean, it's, it's really sad. I, I'm sure you agree and see this all the time. The the like I was talking about the trauma that people go through mm-hmm. and, and being the target of so, so many products, quick fix supplements, um, body sculpting, cool, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what all that stuff is, but I actually had a a nutritionist who worked for me for a while. She worked at one of those 
cool scoping. I think it really? was called clinics. Yeah. Cause she was like still in school and like uh-huh, uh-huh. helping me, me out with admin stuff. And she said that she literally, it was horrible because people paid a lot of money yes. yeah. and she could not see the difference. She was more like receptionist there, but she, sure, she, sure. she said she could not see a difference and people yeah. were like still going back for more. And it's like, well, yeah. why are you doing that? You know, so you, as a, somebody with obesity <sighs> who has a medical condition and again, liken it to someone with cancer. Mm-hmm. These people are now being victimized by 100%. the greedy industries out there. And it's yeah. a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're just adding another product to right. this that's potentially going to be administered in a very dangerous, mm-hmm. really a dangerous way. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, I'm glad we talked about that. So people listening. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Speak exactly. to your doctor. Do not yes, um, fall yes, into this. Exactly. And also the other thing is, and I met this other doctor at the obesity conference as she is also an obesity medicine physician mm-hmm. in New York. She has great YouTube videos about this stuff, but she said that mm-hmm. um, she really emphasizes the importance of what you're doing, which is mm-hmm. this is just one spoke in the right. wheel. You know, the obesity medicine is not, well, I'm just going to take this medication and now I'm going to lose all this weight and I can keep eating because people use that with insulin and and, uh, Mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes as well, right? Like I'm just going to keep eating the cake every day and I'm just going to give myself more insulin. That's exactly irresponsible. And so these medications need to be addressed in the same way, that that they are part of a holistic approach to long-term health. Yes. Yeah. And how I frame it for people is like the using these meds, I think makes the lifestyle changes easier to do. That's right. why it's referring. I mean, and they work on yes. the underlying metabolism as well. There's no question. They work on the biological basis. It's not, certainly not just about appetite suppression or whatever, but it right. gives people a minute to be like, oh yeah, like it, again, it, it's kind of like success begets success, right? right? They feel better. They're like, oh, I actually, it, this is not willpower. Like this is something that was, you know, kind of biologically based. And now I see this medicine is helping me. And then now I feel like I have a little more energy and I can go to, for a walk or, you know, yeah. I, and, or I can like, I really don't actually, I can make a choice. You know, if I have a choice between two things, I can actually want to choose the healthier thing, you know, right. like, yeah. you know, and so it, it just makes it easier. That's all. Yeah. 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 Well, that's great. I, yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing. Renu. It's, it's incredible. It, yeah. We need, no, no, we need and, and more of here. you in every state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least well, one of you in every state. Know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, thank you so much for this discussion today. I of think course. it's sure. um, been incredible and just really helpful talking about these core kind of really foundational issues around yes. obesity and, and overweight. Yeah. So it's been great. great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for the work you do. I, I totally appreciate you, you as well. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I like to hear that, sure. <laughs> especially no, really. from yeah, you. Yeah. No, no, we need more of you. But I was going to say the same thing. We need more of you too. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Dr. Renu Mansukani. Dr. Mansukani is a medical doctor. She is an endocrinologist, and she is also an obesity medicine physician. Her practice is in the D.C. area, and we will put her website on the show notes. Uh, It's called Patient-Centered Weight Management, and the website is pcweight.com. 
And she does, like we talked about, a much more a holistic, long-term approach to obesity management. So check out her website. And um, you know, if you're in that area, I think she's an incredible resource for anybody who is dealing with overweight or obesity. Also, I invite you to check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. W-Y-N stands for with your nature. So we specialize in helping women to manage their weight, to lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way, very holistic perspective. Like we talked about, it's not just about, oh, you know, let me just stop eating or eat some crazy diet. It's, it's really much more holistic. So we address, of course, nutrition. We're nutritionists and we also talk about uh, stress management, sleep, healthy sleep, physical activity and mindset. So those are all of the areas that we focus on because we understand, just like Dr. Renu had believes that, and, uh, and she knows, not just believes, <laughs> that you know, managing your weight and dealing with obesity and overweight is a holistic process. And it's not going to happen just from taking a couple of meds or just from doing a crash diet or just killing yourself at the gym. It has to be a holistic, long-term approach that is filled with joy and, and really can be a source of growth and learning about yourself and improving your entire life. So that's our perspective. We also have the Love Challenge, if you'd like to check that out. It's on our Mighty Networks platform. It's our community platform. And you can join the Love Challenge. It's totally free. You will learn six specific tools that you can use to practice self-love. Because unfortunately, most of us have not been taught how to practice self-love. So it's not something that just happens or you just do naturally. We kind of, most of us have to practice at it. So I give you some great tools there and we have a wonderful community of people who are all striving to uh, be healthier and feel better. So join us there and all the links will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.